Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. I have back in the studio with me, Peter Herbick for round two. I'm sure if you've heard our last broadcast, you're gonna be excited about hearing Peter again. And just in case you didn't catch us for the first broadcast, he is the Vice President and Director of Missions for Renewal Ministries in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we'll give you some information towards the end of the broadcast and how to find out many of the broadcasts, the things that he has written, books, booklets. Peter's a frequent conference speaker, co-host on EWTN. And most importantly, Peter and his wife, Debbie, have four children and five grandchildren living happily in Jesus. Peter, welcome back to Faith and Family. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be back. Well, really appreciated the first time you were with us, uh, hearing your story on how you, your family, and your extended family, uh, faithful Catholics, really, yeah. living uh, the, the life that the church says to do, going to church and practicing the things and being catechized. But there was pain, there was hurt, there was some darkness in your family life. And to your surprise, the, the new beginning came in the midst of the darkness. It yeah. wasn't like you got it all together and then Jesus started right. loving you. Right. Uh, take your story from there. And, and of course, you're involved in all types of apostolic ministry now. How did you get from there to where you are sitting yeah. there just, today? Just to circle back to the point you made, it couldn't, we couldn't underline it enough, I don't think, the reality of Jesus wants to meet us in our pain, in, in the real world which we actually inhabit. You know, like right. what is really going on in our lives in the deepest part of us? And he's come to free us. He's come to set us free. He's come to, to help us become children of God. And he cares about us. He cares about what situations we're in. And those things didn't register in my head as a kid. And in our home, I think we had a sense of obligation, like we were supposed to do certain things, and we were. You know, we're supposed mm -hmm. to go to church. We're supposed to uh, pray a lot. I didn't pray a lot as a kid myself, but um, certain obligations that we met, but God was still kind of distant mm -hmm. and mostly feeling like he's not, at the end, if I asked myself the question, he's probably not real happy with who I am and where I'm at kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. a wrong kind of orientation and not knowing God as our loving father in the way that Jesus wants to help us come to see. So I'd say that reality is what happened in my family, how, how God came to us in our pain and our darkness, that which we did not know how to get out of. We didn't know how to handle. And through the help of some professionals, through AA, but also through mature Christians who began to help us as well. A Catholics, we learned how to pray more. We learned how to share the gospel with each other, learn how to love each other in our pain. And help. we then became sources of healing for one another in certain ways. And I don't say that just to sound like it actually happened in terms of what I mean by that is when we actually can be honest and authentic and real about the struggles in our life with those we love— and deal with that and, and to share that burden together and have the kind of compassion and freedom to speak about it, it is amazingly freeing. And you invite God into the center of it, you know, and invite him to literally, we'd pray together uh, spontaneously sometimes as family members after a night of talking and there's been some tears and some pain to say, mm -hmm. guys, before we go to bed, let's just, let's just pray. And a couple of times we held hands as brothers and mm -hmm. sisters and said, Jesus, we just give our pain to you. We know you're here. We know you love us and we entrust this to you. And we know we're not alone. You know, please help us. Keep us safe. Keep guiding us in the right way. And so that kind of that kind of um, commitment of the heart where you're all in with the Lord, imperfect, sinful, broken people, but you're all in. 
And he's not on the margins. He's at the center. And he's literally taking you by the hand and you're trying to follow him. That's where you start tapping into the life, the real life of the gospel, the real life of Christ and his church and what he wants for us. Right. So it seems too like the, the key for you, your family, and it's really the key in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, everybody probably hearing my voice. Yeah, I've heard blessed are the poor. They don't they don't connect that with themselves. It's just being honest enough and right. humble enough and brave enough and enough faith to believe. And to me, this is the rub. It took me 10 years when I was a Protestant pastor to figure this one out. I thought people's needs are very, very complicated. This is the fundamental need is to believe, even though you have sinned, even though you're imperfect, that God loves you. That's the rub. That's That's what takes faith. And if you just have enough faith to come in your brokenness to him. That's what opened that whole door to your family. Absolutely. And we were able to say in front of each other, including my brothers and I, you know, we're sitting there saying, you know, uh, it's not so easy for young men to talk. Right. Lord, I'm scared or Lord, uh, I'm hurting. I Whatever. Yeah. Be able to say that in right. one another's presence as you're praying and say, help me, Lord, you know, help me know your love. And man, it's so freeing when you start because because that's really the deepest stuff that's going on inside us. And most of us carry it alone. And we need to make a concrete step to say, look, I was not made to carry this alone, right? right. I was made to not only share with the Lord, but with his people and those I can trust. So mm-hmm. for me, the next step, Steve, was after going through this with my family was I, I remember reading Matthew 6. Jesus said, seek first. Don't be anxious about right. life, but seek first the kingdom of God and his way of holiness and everything else will be added unto you. And it just one day it clicked in my head. I need to I need to seek and hunger and thirst, like he said, I want to find out where there's other Catholics who are really loving him and running after him. Not people who are kind of just punching their ticket right, or feeling right. obligated. I want to know where the Catholics who are really living with the Lord together, who are my age and other and around my age that I can start to share faith with. So that was the next big step for me was to seek it out. Where did that take you? Um, well, it's it's interesting. The, the first place I went, first of all, when I, I started coming alive, my um, some of my buddies were like, Herb, what, what, you know, because I was like a typical high school kid, partied, this, that, anything. Dude, what happened to you? Kind of thing. I said, well, you know what? I think God's real. What? I said, yeah, I think God's real, man. You ought, Let's talk. I mean, some of them wanted to talk and some of them didn't. Some of them just said, Herb's, I don't want anything more to do or with you. temporary insanity or right, something, something like that. Right, something like that. And I didn't want to party anymore the way <laughs> right. I partied and all that because right. I knew that wasn't the right way for me to go. And some of them just walked away. And others were hungry. And we together talked and did things. But one of the first things I did was... Uh, my sister told me at St. Mary's Parish in my hometown was a prayer group, which I'd never heard of that either before. Okay, so I go to St. Mary's Parish, just the other parish in town, and I go there, and there's like all these middle-aged women there. You know, it was just middle-aged women and a couple of men and me. The, f- you know? the first young man showing <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, they in looked two at me decades. like, "Hey, there's a live one. Get him." You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and they just were so alive. They were reading scripture together. They were talking. I said, "Yeah, this is the kind of thing that." I want to learn more about. And then they invited me to come to the University of Notre Dame for a large Catholic charismatic conference at the, the football stadium. This is 1978. Now, I, I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what that was because uh, when I when I when first time I went to St. Mary's was at a mass. And it, again, it was like 100, 100 people. And I swear, 90 90 percent of them were women, middle aged. And they all look like my mother to me, you know, <laughs> but they were happy and glowing right, and they right. were so happy I was there. And But at the end of it, at the end of the mass, the musician was a young man and he worked for the bishop. 
And at the end of Mass, he made announcements. And he said, there's one seat on the bus to Notre Dame that's open for the August conference. And my sister elbows me and said, that seat's for you. And I said, what, what a touchdown, Jesus? We're going to watch a football game. What are we going to do, you know? <laughs> and she said, no, we're going to, there's a conference, in, a big conference. They're going to have 30,000 people. Uh, it's going to be like this. I said, wait a minute, 30,000 middle-aged women and me? It doesn't sound like something I want to do, you know? Yeah. So I ended up getting on that bus because of that guy who worked for the bishop. And I'm go th- I go there. And that's where I heard for the first time, you know, Father uh, Francis Martin, uh, Father John Bertolucci, Ralph Martin, a whole list of really, really dynamic preachers and teachers of the gospel. And I remember sitting in that hot stadium in August, just the conviction, the, the conviction that can come through preaching that's from God. It started to really go deeper inside me. And I, uh, hu- the hunger grew more while I was there. And I said, God, I, I just want you to be at the center of my life. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to make it happen and stay there because I'm a once I was one step forward, two steps back kind of mm-hmm. guy, you know, up and down and all around, you know. And so I was praying that all weekend and Saturday night. I actually had a great confession on Saturday, one of the best confessions I ever had in my life. I just my entire life in front grabbed a priest after hearing some powerful preaching from Father Francis Martin about the crucifixion and what happened when Jesus died and how much he loved me and what his blood did for my life, you know, and, and the mercy. So I grabbed a priest and I said, Father, would you hear my confession? There were there were like 250 priests at this conference, so it was easy to find. And I spent an hour and a half crying my eyes out in, in the presence of this merciful, loving priest who was really Jesus Christ. He was altar Christus. He was Jesus Christ in that moment for me. And uh, I unloaded all this stuff that I was kind of still carrying around. And then that night, I couldn't sleep. I was so juiced. And I, I was rooming with this guy who worked for the bishop. And I was like 1230 at night. And I said, Ron. I said, Ron, you know what? Tomorrow this thing's over and I don't want to leave because, look, I know myself. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to fall flat on my face, you know. And I I kept talking. He says in his pastoral way, he said, hey, Pete, listen, nobody comes to one of these things with an open heart without getting the grace that they need. So shut up and go to bed. You know, it's kind of like. (laughs) So I said, "Okay," you know, so the next morning at mass, I was begging the Lord and that stadium 35,000 people there. I think there were like eight bishops and 250 priests down on the down on the field, you know, for the mass. And that was my prayer. I said, God, I want to love you. I want to love you and have believe in you in a way that's real, like I see in these people, like I hear in these people. And um, I was begging him in my heart. Uh, I go to communion and I come back and I'm standing in my, my place and I have my eyes closed and a guy taps me on my shoulder. I look, I'm a total stranger. I noticed on his name tag, it said Indianapolis, Indiana. And he looked at my name tag and he said, son, he said, Peter, could I share something with you? And I said, sure. And he goes, I'm sitting here about six rows back and I'm waiting to go to communion. And as I'm walking, I notice you in the communion line. And he said, son, I don't know you. He said, but I'm telling you, as soon as I saw you, I felt the Holy Spirit touch me. And to come and tell you, son, that the faith and the love that you seek today will be granted to you because Jesus Christ loves you and he's died for you. And as soon as he said that, Steve, it's like a bomb went out. It's like a 220 current went through my body. He grabbed hold of me. Mm. And the love of God, you know how... Paul's Romans says the love of God is poured into your Romans heart. Romans chapter five, five. the it, love, of, and that was the that was the Roman Roman Catholic experience in the yeah, first century. Right, absolutely. This wasn't just Notre Dame. This, this is the Catholic Church. Yeah, and so here I am in our late, you know, 
Uh, anyway, there's just so much to it I saw later. But anyway, he grabs hold of me. I grab hold of him. And the love of God, it's like I just saw a little glimpse of the hem of the garment mm-hmm. of Jesus and his beauty, his majesty, his love, his mercy. And I just felt clean. I was being cleansed by God's love. And I'm like snotting all over this total stranger, you know, <laughs> on his shoulder there, crying away. And, and, uh, and then I kind of looked up and it seemed like all around the stadium, people after having received communion, we're just being touched by God's love. That's what the Eucharist is really all about. Absolutely. It's co-union with Jesus himself. Yeah. And honestly, That's... I felt in my heart, if, if you know, the first time I ever experienced something like a prophecy, you might say, in my heart, Steve, I felt like the voice of God. I didn't hear anything audibly, but welcome. The reign of God is at hand. This is the kingdom of God. You know, it's the reign of God. You know, and I just... I was like, wow. Anyway, <laughs> that was like, you know, you've heard the analogy, you know, you're a, a boat that's in a, on a river and they go into a lock. It comes in at one level and then mm-hmm. the lock lifts it up and you come out at another level. That's what happened to me from that weekend. And I'd say one of the things I learned, I mean, and it tra- radically changed my life. Did I stumble and fall on occasion? Did I still have to battle with concupiscence and sin? And to this day I do, but God has brought me to greater and greater freedom and the more I'm willing to be humble and acknowledge mm-hmm. my weaknesses and get help, get the confession, but also get help and share it with others, the more he brings us in transformation. But the key thing I learned was from that passage, seek those who hunger and thirst. He promises he will fill you. So don't put limits on him. Go after it. Say, Lord, get on your knees. If you're not connected with people right now, you don't know where to go to get the help. You get on your knees and you tell the Lord, Lord, open doors, bring people into my life. Start talking to people, you know, find Catholics who are alive in the Lord and find out what makes them tick. Tell them you want to tick. You want to move into greater freedom and be everything God calls you to be, but you don't know what to do. Don't let pride, don't let fear, don't let confusion hold you back. The devil's going to have a strategy to try to prevent you from stepping into everything God wants for you. But it's actually, you said something earlier, it's actually quite simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the road forward is not complicated. It starts with, we talked about John 8, cling to the Lord now mm-hmm. in your pain and your darkness wherever you are. I don't care what age you are. He's got a plan for you. And he, his calling from the Father is to lead you into that purpose that for which you're made. And all he wants to know is are you all in? The image that's been helpful for me since I was a young guy is one time I was praying and I, I had this image of sitting at a poker table, a, a Texas Hold'em poker table. And I was on one side and Jesus was on the other. And I had all these stacks of chips. And he's looking at me and he's saying, what's your play? And I'm looking at my chips and I knew what they meant. My time, my talent, my treasure, my dreams, my sex life, my whatever. I, and he's asking me, what do I really want? And what am I going to risk? And I threw out a couple of chips and I covered the rest of them. <laughs> like I just didn't want to. Right. And he looks at me and he said, Pete, Peter, look. He shook his head and he said, it's, it's all in. Go all in in your intention. If you give me your heart, I don't expect you to be perfect out of the chute. But if you give me your heart, I promise you, my promises will be fulfilled in your life. But if you hold back and you hedge your bets and you cover it all because you're afraid that risking too much might ruin your weekend or you don't know if you can trust him, if that stuff's going on and you hold on, you're not going to get what he wants to give you. You have to give him your heart. And if you do that, he will lead you not only into healing, into community. He'll lead you into the mission for which you have been made by your father. 
to be fruitful in this world. It will happen. Trust me, I was from a dysfunctional guy in a dysfunctional family who didn't know which end was up half the time. And I look back now, I'm 59 years old. I've raised four kids. I've married a lovely woman, a Jewish Jewish girl who became a Catholic. Um, we've raised four kids who are all living the faith. They're bringing my grandchildren into the faith. They're quite young, but they're alive in the Lord. I've been all over the world. I don't have any debts. I mean, it's just like, I can't believe what God's done in my life. And it's because I know he said, seek me first. And you know, that became for me like the, op, the, the biggest passage was John Matthew 6, 33, and then, and then John 8. And then when I, God brought me together with Ralph Martin, his life passage turned out was Matthew 6, 33. Same passage. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of holiness. I didn't know that till years after being close and working together with him all these years. And uh, God will bring you into what he wants for you. He will answer the desires of your heart. That's not just pious talk. It's real. But you've got to be real with God. And you've got to hunger. He wants to know, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want a family that's alive in me? I'll show you. The question is, are you willing to live it on a daily basis? He'll bring people. Like your show, Steve, you, you've taught so many people. People teach what you've brought and bring it into home, and not just mom, but dad. Mm -hmm. Dad internalizes it, and he says, I'm going to start living my role in this family. Scares me to death. Nobody ever showed me how to do this, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to trust God. And you watch what he does with your family and your kids. You know, he'll, he'll make your home a domestic church. He'll make you his family. It will happen. Peter, you're spooking me just a little bit. Okay. Actually, quite a bit. Our first time together, you quoted the verse that's the anchor of my soul, John 8, 12, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And now you come here quoting Matthew six thirty three. I've gone to counseling once in my life. I was in the Navy living, you know, as a pagan, then as a new ager, and then as a Christian. So I get out and uh, my best friend from Florida told me about Calvary Chapel out in California. So I went to Assembly of, I was interested in Assembly of God College down the street. I just prayed and the Lord kind of, you're talking about seeking, just totally out of the blue. Um, I mean, I got out of the service in June, kind of went up the mountains and decided to either ditch Christianity or stay with it. I decided to read the Bible cover to cover, came back down, started evangelizing my friends, just prayed, took a flight to California, rented a car, pulled up to the Assembly of God College, opened the door, and the girl calls out to me, are you here for college day? I said, what's college day? That's the day when prospective students come here. Of course, you know, I walk into the chapel, the president greets you, you know, all this. So anyhow, I end up going there and I just was scared to death because these were, a lot of these were Assembly of God preacher's kids, you know, and I, all I knew is about paganism. I yeah. couldn't tell you what books were in the New Testament or anything like that. And so I just thought, you know, I am not, I'm just going to be such an outsider. And lo and behold, you know, I go into the chapel to pray at night and it's chapels a make out place and mm -hmm. beer cans flying out the windows and, you know, and this and that. So anyway, I went to counseling and he was a graduate of my college. And uh, I just, I think I made a horrible mistake because, you know, I was seeking God. Yeah. And uh, he simply opened his Bible, quoted me, Matthew 6, 23, Steve, seek first the kingdom of God 
and all these things will be added unto you. Well, that college turned out to be one of the most formative and rich Mm. settings. I mean, the entire head of the General Assembly for the Assemblies of God was my professor and Mm -hmm. friend. And any case, you know, I can't begin to tell folks the verse that you quoted to seek God. I mean, he, he, and, and again, I was seeking God. And then I thought, he led me down the wrong alley. Yeah. I was ready to bail. And all I needed was like, no, just keep at it. Yeah. And what, you know, at first might look like a blind alley or a detour mm-hmm. or a wrong yeah. exit. No, if you're seeking God, he'll lead you to green pastures beyond your imagination. Yeah. And I just think about something people say, okay, well, what, well, how do I do that? Like, how do I seek God? You know, think of this, like go to a, make it a habit few times a week if you can go to a blessed sacrament chapel in your town and just sit there and behold the lord and do what saint francis did all the time he'd say he'd ask the lord two questions god who are you and who am i i don't know either i don't know how to answer either question exactly and you just keep visiting him and you just keep asking and you listen to your heart and you listen to what he shows you Bring some spiritual reading along with that in there. Then Blessed Sacrament Chapels often have good spiritual reading. Start reading the Bible every day. Start in the Gospels and the New Testament in particular. Read the Psalms. You know, Pope, Pope Benedict said one time, he said he believed that the secret to a new spiritual springtime in the church is the daily reading of the Word of God. He said, as a cow chews its cud, we should each day take mm. that and chew the Word of God that day and suck the juices out. It's a very earthy image. I know some of the ladies may not like this. But he said, <laughs> suck the juices out of it. He said, what does a cow do then? He swallows it and then brings it up later again and chews it. So take that word and swallow it. He said, the reason he believed it was the secret to a new spiritual time, he said, is because Jesus Christ himself will speak to you through the grace of the Holy Spirit, who's the author of that book. And it's a love letter to you. And he wants you to know, so pray the rosary, go to adoration, Begin to go to Mass, then say, I, Lord, I want to find Catholics who are alive in you. And, and begin to say, I'll go anywhere, Lord. I'll meet anybody you want me to meet. Show me where you want me to go. And then he'll start giving you sneak previews of coming attractions. As you start seeking him, mm-hmm. he'll give you little, little inclinations, if you're listening, of where he wants you to go. And he'll confirm those things for you, too. But it's a matter of learning to live with him. And just take these baby steps and have silence in your life and put yourself in the right situation where you can hear him, where he can speak to you, where others can speak into your life who are mature and can help guide you, and he'll take you where you need to go. We just have a few minutes left, but I just went to the Renewal Ministries website. Uh, Peter, give that out again. If okay, it's renewalministries.net. Dot net. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have something going on this weekend. Yeah, we have our uh, renewal ministry annual renewal ministries gathering in Ann Arbor. Okay, and, uh, so we'll have about 350 folks at the Marriott Hotel. These are people who uh, support our ministry either financially to go on international missions with us. We we work with the Catholic Church in about 50 different countries right now in Eastern Europe, Africa, Asia, the Middle East, working with bishops, priests, and lay people on the ground, helping them get tool for the new evangelization. But our, our great strength, our, our slice, you know, like your particular is just is focused right on helping have families be families, helping them be families in Christ. You do lots of other things too, but that's kind of, that's your mm-hmm. wheelhouse, right? 
our fundamental thing is like the first three innings of the game, you know, helping people, helping leaders. What is the gospel? What is the biblical worldview? What is the church? What is the role of the Holy Spirit in a person's life? How can I get free? How can I understand God's call in my life? So we help leaders all around the world and ordinary folks all around the world do that. And there's lots of information about the missions that we're doing in those countries as well on our website. Now, you have a lot of uh, recordings available, too, I would imagine, from past conferences. And in other words, if you can't go with the last seat on the bus to Notre Dame, yeah, right, right. you could go to RenewalMinistries.net and find a yeah. lot of both written and audio yeah. resources. There's lots of free stuff on that website uh, that's both written and audio, but there's also a products you know, section mm-hmm. for uh some of the conferences we've done, a lot of talks, Sister Ann Shields, Ralph Martin, myself, my wife Debbie, and others. There's just there's a lot there that people can either get free or purchase as well. There's stuff there. So. Okay. And what do you do on your radio show and podcast? Uh, the show is called Fire on the Earth. Now, why that title? Because uh, that was also another significant passage in my life. <laughs> Jesus said, I've come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze, right? Okay. That, that the fire, and the fire is what? The fire is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The fire was the day of Pentecost. And as Pope Paul VI said, the church is meant to live in a perennial Pentecost. She's meant to live, she's animated by the Spirit when she's healthy and she's alive. And so um, I, in the show, I focus on doing some teaching from Scripture, various seasons mm-hmm. of the church and mm-hmm. passages. I also... Uh, we'll share just life stories. I do interviews with people that are interesting, that are alive in the Lord. I try to put not only just like experts in front, but ordinary Catholics who are alive, you know, mm-hmm. businessmen, moms, dads, you name it, who have a story to tell. And I put that on there as well. So uh, the whole point of that program is to help people both see what the recent popes have talked about. What is the Spirit saying to the church? What's happening in the church today? Because it can be very discouraging thinking about when you listen to the news to see what's happening in the church because we right. are in a big battle. There's no question about it. Right. The church is taking hits and the Lord's, is, the Lord's allowing the church to be disciplined for its own sins and other things that are happening. But there's a lot of very dynamic stuff that's happening in the life of the church that I want people to have access to, that they can hear it and hear it from people who are doing it, ordinary Catholics who are really coming alive in their faith. And so the church has got the whole treasure, really. Good. So, How long is your broadcast? How fif- Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. So yeah. everybody can get that in. It's yeah. short enough. Okay, uh, that's renewalministries.net, and it's a great place to start. If you're doing that seeking, according to Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God, good place to start. Yeah, um, there's a lot and, of help there. And then yeah. you want to find some like-minded friends in your area and do the same. So, Peter, thank you so much for joining us on sure. Faith and Family. And I hope you come back to Greenville and bring your lovely wife, Debbie, with you that next yeah. time. It's a beautiful Love community. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, I really appreciate it. Pleasure. For all the amazing work you've done all these years. Very, very good stuff. Very thank important. You. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood. And join us next time. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.